the law school of america an orphan work is a copyright protected work for which rights holders are positively indeterminate or uncontactable sometimes the names of the originators or rights holders are known yet it is impossible to contact them because additional details cannot be found a work can become orphaned through rights holders being unaware of their holding or by their demise for example deceased persons or defunct companies and establishing inheritance has proved impracticable in other cases comprehensively diligent research fails to determine any authors creators or originators for a work since 1989 the amount of orphan works in the united states has increased dramatically since registration is optional and thus many works statuses remain unknown extent precise figures of orphan works are not readily available even though libraries archives and museums hold a vast number of them in april 2009 a study estimated that the collections of public sector organizations in the uk held about 25 million orphan works examples of orphan works include photographs that do not note the photographer such as photos from scientific expeditions and historical images old folk music recordings little known novels and other literature software which became an orphan work is usually known as abandoned ware in 2015 the Computer Spa Museum Berlin estimated that around 50% of their video game collection consisted of at least partial orphans. Source code escrow can prevent software orphaning but is seldom applied. Impact In countries whose laws do not specifically allow for the use of orphan works, orphan works are not available for legal use by filmmakers, archivists, writers, musicians or broadcasters. Because rights holders cannot be identified and located to obtain permission, historical and cultural records such as period film footage, photographs, and sound recordings cannot be legally incorporated in contemporary works in such countries, unless the incorporation qualifies as fair use. Public libraries, educational institutions, and museums that digitize old manuscripts, books, sound recordings, and film may choose to not digitize orphan works or make orphan works available to the public for fear that a reappearing rights holder may sue them for damages. Causes According to Neil Natonel, the increase in orphan works is the result of two factors, one, that copyright terms have been lengthened, and, two, that copyright is automatically conferred without registration or renewal. Only a fraction of old copyrighted works are available to the public. Natanel argues that rights holders have no incentive to maintain a work in circulation or otherwise make their out-of-print content available unless they can hope to earn more money doing so than by producing new works or engaging in more lucrative activities. Specifics by Country Orphan Works in the United States An orphan work is a copyrighted work whose owner is impossible to identify or contact. This inability to request permission from the copyright owner often means orphan works cannot be used in new works nor digitized, except when fair use exceptions apply. Until recently public libraries could not distribute orphan books without risking being fined up to $150,000 if the owner of the copyright were to come forward. This problem was addressed in the 2011 case Authors Guild at LV Google. History The orphan works problem arose in the United States from the Copyright Act of 1976, which eliminated the need to register copyrighted works. Instead, according to 17 U.S.C. Section 102, all original works of authorship fixed in any tangible medium of expression are automatically granted copyright protection. This act made obtaining and maintaining copyright protection substantially easier than the previous Copyright Act of 1909. It also made unnecessary any central recording system to track and identify copyright holders, 
but also made it difficult to find or contact the creator of a copyrighted work if the person or organization was not readily known. Thus, any use of the orphaned work outside of what is permitted as fair use is potentially a violation of copyright. Potential users of orphaned works are often not willing to take on that risk of copyright violation, so they may individually investigate the copyright status of each work they plan to use. To some, this scenario is not in the public interest, it limits works that are available to the public. It also discourages the creation of new works that incorporate existing works. Creators who want to use an orphan work are often unwilling to do so for fear that they will have to pay a huge amount of money and damages if the owner ever appears, the risk of additional liability or litigation may be too high. This makes the work of historians, archivists, artists, scholars, and publishers at times more difficult and costly than necessary. The issue arises in Wikipedia, where the copyright owner of a photo that would have illustrated an article may be unknown. Libraries and archives do have limited privileges to make copies of certain orphan works under Section H of 17 U.S.C. Section 108. 2006 Study by the U.S. Copyright Office In January 2006, the United States Copyright Office released a report on orphan works. This report was the culmination of a year-long study conducted by the office, based on open forums from the public to collect input. In it, the Copyright Office states that new legislation is desperately needed to address the orphan works problem. The report proposed that if a nonprofit organization such as a library used an orphan work and the copyright owner came forward, then the library would be exempt from huge copyright infringement fines as long as it stopped using the orphan work right away. Commercial uses of an orphan work in which the owner came forward would only be charged a reasonable compensation of the profits, and use of the work would be allowed to continue. The office's proposed solution is thought to have favored publishers, and has favored archivists and scholars. Orphan Works Legislation Beginning in May 2006, various legislative bills have been introduced in Congress aimed at addressing the issue of orphan works. As of 2016, Congress has not yet passed any legislation. In 2018, the Music Modernization Act established a framework for orphan work sound recordings to be used. The user must submit the orphan work to the United States Copyright Office, at which point any copyright holder will be given 90 days to come forward and object to its use. If no rights holder emerges, or if the user successfully establishes the use as a non-commercial fair use of the recording, the recording may be used freely. Attempts to make orphan works available. The University of Michigan UM, is leading the Hathi Trust Orphan Works Project, an initiative to make orphan works published between 1923 and 1963 on Hathi Trust available to the UM community. However, the project was put on hold as of September 2011 in the wake of a lawsuit filed against Hathi Trust, UM, and four other member universities by the Authors Guild, Australian and Canadian Authors Organizations, and eight authors to stop them from reproducing, distributing and or displaying copyrighted works. This case was settled in Hathi Trust's favor in Authors Guild Incorporated v. Hathi Trust on January 6, 2015. The Internet Archive in October 2017 started making available online some orphan works published between 1923 and 1941 inclusive, forming a collection called the Sonny Bono Memorial, after Sonny Bono, an entertainer and advocate for perpetual copyright for whom the Copyright Term Extension Act was named. The effort is made possible by 17 U.S.C. Section 108H when applied according to some actionable criteria proposed by scholars. Canada Canada has created a supplemental licensing scheme, under Section 77 of its Copyright Act, 
that allows licenses for the use of published works to be issued by the Copyright Board of Canada on behalf of unlocatable rights holders, after a prospective licensor has made reasonable efforts to locate copyright. As of March 2019, the Board had issued 304 such licenses, and denied 24 applications. European Union The European Commission, EC, the civil branch of the European Union, EU, created a report on digital preservation of orphan works and out-of-print works in 2007. On June 4, 2008, European representatives of museums, libraries, archives, audiovisual archives and rights holders signed a Memorandum of Understanding, calling for an orphan works legislation supported by rights holders that would help cultural institutions to digitize books, films, and music whose authors are unknown, making them available to the public online. In 2009 the Strategic Content Alliance and the Collections Trust published a report on the scope and impact of orphan works and their effect on the delivery of web services to the public. In October 2012 the European Union adopted Directive 2012-28EU on orphan works. It applies to orphan works that were created in the EU as printed works, books, journals, magazines and newspapers, cinematographic and audiovisual works phonograms, and works embedded or incorporated in other works or phonograms, for example, pictures in a book. Under certain conditions, the directive can also apply to unpublished works, such as letters or manuscripts. Whether orphaned software and video games, abandonware, fall under the audiovisual works definition is a matter debated by scholars. The directive was influenced by a survey of the state of intellectual property law in the United Kingdom called the Hargreaves Review of Intellectual Property and Growth. James Boyle, one of the experts consulted for the review, acknowledged the directive as a start, but offered this criticism of the resulting policy. In brief, the scheme is heavily institutional, statist, and inflexible. Its provisions can really only be used by educational and cultural heritage institutions, only for non-profit purposes, with lengthy and costly licensing provisions designed to protect the monetary interests of, almost certainly, non-existent rights holders. The EU seemed never to grasp the idea that citizens also need to have access to orphan works, for uses that almost certainly present no threat to any living rights holder. By 2018, six years after the enactment of the directive, around 6,000 works had been entered into the orphan works registry that it created. Critics cited the low numbers as evidence that the EU approach to orphan works is unreasonably complex and won't adequately address the problem it's trying to fix, namely enabling mass digitization efforts. United Kingdom. On October 29, 2014 the Intellectual Property Office, IPO, launched an online licensing scheme for orphan works. It differs from the EU's directive, which applies in the UK as well, in several aspects, for example, by allowing anyone instead of just cultural institutions to submit works, while however imposing application and license fees. A launch press release by the IPO was entitled UK Opens Access to 91 Million Orphan Works. But four years later, only 144 licenses had been granted, covering 877 works. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Law School of America. 
criticism of copyright, perhaps outright anti-copyright sentiment, is a dissenting view of the current state of copyright law or copyright as a concept. Critical groups often discuss philosophical, economical, or social rationales of such laws and the law's implementations, the benefits of which they claim do not justify the policy's costs to society. They advocate for changing the current system, though different groups have different ideas of what that change should be. Some call for remission of the policies to a previous state, copyright once covered a few categories of things and had shorter term limits, or they may seek to expand concepts like fair use that allow permissionless copying. Others seek the abolition of copyright itself. Opposition to copyright is often a portion of platforms advocating for broader social reform. For example, Lawrence Lessig, a free culture movement speaker, advocates for loosening copyright law as a means of making sharing information easier or addressing the orphan works issue and the Swedish Pirate Party has advocated for limiting copyright to five-year terms in order to legalize the majority of its members' downloading of modern works. Organizations and Scholars Groups Advocating the Abolition of Copyright Pirate cinema and groups like the League of Noble Peers advance more radical arguments, opposing copyright per se. A number of anti-copyright groups have recently emerged in the argument over peer-to-peer -peer file sharing, digital freedom, and freedom of information, these include the Association des Audionauts and the Copamism Church of New Zealand. In 2003, Eben McGlenn, a professor of law at Columbia University, published the Dot Communist Manifesto, which reinterpreted the Communist Manifesto by Karl Marx in the light of the development of computer technology and the Internet. Much of the reinterpreted content discussed copyright law and privilege in Marxist terms. Recent developments related to BitTorrent and peer-to-peer -peer file sharing have been termed by media commentators as copyright wars, with the Pirate Bay being referred to as the most visible member of the burgeoning international anti-copyright, or pro-piracy, movement. One well-publicized instance of electronic civil disobedience, ECD, in the form of large-scale intentional copyright infringement occurred on February 24, 2004, in an event called Grey Tuesday. Activists intentionally violated Emmy's copyright of the White Album by distributing MP3 files of a mashup album called The Grey Album, in an attempt to draw public attention to copyright reform issues and anti-copyright ideals. Reportedly over 400 sites participated including 170 that hosted the album with some protesters stating that the Grey Album illustrates a need for revisions in copyright law to allow sampling under fair use of copyrighted material, or proposing a system of fair compensation to allow for sampling. Groups Advocating Changes to Copyright Law French group Association des Audionauts is not anti-copyright per se, but proposes a reformed system for copyright enforcement and compensation. Aziz Ridouan, co-founder of the group, proposes for France to legalize peer-to-peer -peer file sharing and to compensate artists through a surcharge on internet service provider fees, for example, an alternative compensation system. Wired magazine reported that major music companies have equated Ridouan's proposal with legitimizing piracy. In January 2008, seven Swedish members of parliament from the Moderate Party, part of the governing coalition, authored a piece in a Swedish tabloid calling for the complete decriminalization of file sharing, they wrote that decriminalizing all non-commercial file sharing and forcing the market to adapt is not just the best solution. It's the only solution, unless we want an ever more extensive control of what citizens do on the Internet. 
In June 2015 a Weibo article named Remix Culture and Amateur Creativity, a copyright dilemma acknowledged the age of remixing and the need for a copyright reform while referring to recent law interpretations in Lens v. Universal Music Corporation and Canada's Copyright Modernization Act. Groups Advocating Using Existing Copyright Law Groups that argue for using existing copyright legal framework with special licenses to achieve their goals, include the copyleft movement and Creative Commons. Creative Commons is not anti-copyright per se, but argues for use of more flexible and open copyright licenses within existing copyright law. Creative Commons takes the position that there is an unmet demand for flexibility that allows the copyright owner to release work with only some rights reserved or even no rights reserved. According to Creative Commons many people do not regard default copyright as helping them in gaining the exposure and widespread distribution they want. Creative Commons argue that their licenses allow entrepreneurs and artists to employ innovative business models rather than all-out copyright to secure a return on their creative investment. Scholars and Commentators Scholars and commentators in this field include Lawrence Liang, Jorge Kertel, Rasmus Fleischer, Stefan Kinsella, and Shiva Vidyanathan. Traditional anarchists, such as Leo Tolstoy, express their refusal to accept copyright. Economic Arguments Against Copyright Non-Scarcity There is an argument that copyright is invalid because, unlike physical property, intellectual property is not scarce and is a legal fiction created by the state. The argument claims that, infringing on copyright, unlike theft, does not deprive the victim of the original item. Historical Comparison it is unclear that copyright laws are economically stimulating for most authors, and it is uncommon for copyright laws to be evaluated based on empirical studies of their impacts. Information Technology-Related Concerns One of the founders of Piratbiron, Rasmus Fleischer, argues that copyright law simply seems unable to cope with the Internet, and hence is obsolete. He argues that the Internet, and particularly Web 2.0 have brought about the uncertain status of the very idea of stealing itself. He argues that in an attempt to reign in Web 2.0, copyright law in the 21st century is increasingly concerned with criminalizing entire technologies, leading to recent attacks on different kinds of search engines, solely because they provide links to files which may be copyrighted. Fleischer points out that Google, while still largely uncontested, operates in a gray zone of copyright, for example, the business model of Google Books is to display millions of pages of copyrighted and uncopyrighted books as part of a business plan drawing its revenue from advertising. In contrast, others have pointed out that Google Books blocks out large sections of those same books, and they say that does not harm the legitimate interests of rights holders. Fleischer's central argument is that copyright has become obsolete with regards to the Internet, that the cost of trying to enforce it is unreasonable and that instead business models need to adapt to the reality of the darknet. Cultural Arguments Freedom of Knowledge Groups such as Hypatia advance anti-copyright arguments in the name of freedom of knowledge and argue that knowledge should be shared in solidarity. Such groups may perceive freedom of knowledge as a right, and or as fundamental in realizing the right to education, which is an internationally recognized human right, as well as the right to a free culture and the right to free communication. They argue that current copyright law hinders the realization of these rights in today's knowledge societies relying on new technological means of communication and see copyright law as preventing or slowing human progress. Authorship and Creativity Lawrence Liang, founder of the Alternative Law Forum, argues that current copyright is based on a too narrow definition of author, which is assumed to be clear and undisputed. 
Liang observes that the concept of the author is assumed to make universal sense across cultures and across time. Instead, Liang argues that the notion of the author as a unique and transcendent being, possessing originality of spirit, was constructed in Europe after the Industrial Revolution, to distinguish the personality of the author from the expanding realm of mass-produced goods. Hence works created by authors were deemed original, and merges with the doctrine of property prevalent at the time. Liang argues that the concept of author is tied to the notion of copyright and emerged to define a new social relationship, the way society perceives the ownership of knowledge. The concept of author thus naturalized a particular process of knowledge production where the emphasis on individual contribution and individual ownership takes precedence over the concept of community knowledge. Relying on the concept of the author, copyright is based on the assumption that without an intellectual property rights regime, authors would have no incentive to further create, and that artists cannot produce new works without an economic incentive. Liang challenges this logic arguing that many authors who have little hope of ever finding a market for their publications, and whose copyright is, as a result, virtually worthless, have in the past, and even in the present, continued to write. Liang points out that people produce works purely for personal satisfaction, or even for respect and recognition from peers. Liang argues that the 19th century saw the prolific authorship of literary works in the absence of meaningful copyright that benefited the author. In fact, Liang argues, Copyright protection usually benefited the publisher, and rarely the author. Ethical Issues The institution of copyright brings up several ethical issues. Selmer brings Yord argues that all forms of copying are morally permissible, without commercial use, because some forms of copying are permissible and there is not a logical distinction between various forms of copying. Edwin Hedinger argues that natural rights arguments for intellectual property are weak and the philosophical tradition justifying property cannot guide us in thinking about intellectual property. Shelley Warwick believes that copyright law as currently constituted does not appear to have a consistent ethical basis. The Law School of America This has been a Creative Commons licensed podcast. The content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation incorporated under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The Law School of America. Mm-hmm.